It's live! Pickup Soccer is live! Everybody, it's back. It's on. It's happening. It's Hank, it's Seth, and it's Abram. It's the original, it's the triumvirate. Seth, Abram looks like he's... Oh, he's actually alive. He he looked like he was frozen, like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> I'm, I'm in and out. Uh, I'm in the, the new house. Uh, I don't know if I've been in the new house since uh, we started doing this again. Uh, I don't remember the last time we did this. So I don't remember the new house, but it like, feels like miles and miles away from the modem in my house where the uh, computer is set up. It so sounds random like times I'm just cut out. <laughs> so, Abram, we need to ask, are you now censoring yourself? Now that you've had the little chat from the uh, administration <laughs> of your school, wasn't an administrator, was a student. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a student. <laughs> just randomly was... sitting in class. We're randomly sitting in class, and one kid goes, "Mr. Chamberlain, yeah, what's the pickup soccer?" No. <laughs> what, what, was the, what was your immediate yeah. reaction to that? <laughs> and his reaction was, "Uh oh." <laughs> but uh, no, I was like, "It's a show. It's a show I do with a couple of guys. I'm a pretty big deal." And they were like, uh, yeah, it's just it's, like, it's, it's on ESPN, on. right? <laughs> yeah. It will be on ESPN. Uh, no, it won't. Oh, taking sh- over. Yeah, I meant what? to mention so, that. Earlier. Sorry, let me let me get my yeah. quick shout out now to the zero people who are listening. That I, I meant to do. Evan and I recorded first eleven today. I meant to give the sort of the uh, the ESPN shout out to Stuart Scott since it's his show. Oh, yeah. The first completely and utterly ripped off, and I think it's um. He he was a guy who sort of at least attempted to embrace soccer. He wasn't a soccer guy, right. but he also wasn't, you know, one of these guys who would always be out there talking yes. down about it and how can anyone like this. He was always very welcoming to it. He talked about MLS on uh, first time, not first to take PTI. He, he was, a, you know, and obviously, you, you know, I only know him through watching him on television, but he seemed like a good guy, and it's a very sad thing that happened. And I meant to... Shout him out on first eleven since that's where we stole Did the entire start idea. PTI? From. Uh, he was on PTI. It was him and uh, what's his nuts for a while. I don't know if he started it, but I know he guest hosted it a lot. Okay, Actually, he hosted it a lot. What the hell are you talking about? You're talking about Michael Wilbon? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I am talking about Michael Wilbon. But Stuart Scott um, used <laughs> okay, to do a lot of the. Um, this is an awkward conversation. Scott, the other Stuart black Scott guy. <laughs> Because Stuart Scott, hold on, let me find it because i got to look out to make sure. Stuart Scott did Sports Center, right? Yes. Yeah, he did Sports Center. What did I say? I said yeah, yeah. PTI, didn't I? I'm I know sorry. that. I'm mixing my shows all up. I don't really watch it. Sorry. But it, it's it, okay. Point, point still can, stands. Point still stands. The guy, you know, I, get, I give him full credit. You know, he, did, he wasn't a soccer guy. He didn't do anything. But And I didn't actually particularly um, think he was really all that good. I mean, he as uh, he was good. He wasn't by far the best announcer I've ever seen, uh, but he gave it his all. He dedicated his life to it, and, and he he's doing it. He did it for money. He did it. I mean, he made a career out of it. Twenty something years. That's impressive. And uh, I haven't done anything he, that long, ever. He started. What did he start? Uh, ESPN. Well, he started in ESPN in 1993, apparently. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was trying to remember. Years. 21 years. The guy was a legend. Um, he came up with his one of uh, the most overused uh, cliches. Booyah, I think it was his, and um, cool as the other side of the pillow. I mean, uh, those things. I remember him 
uh, for coming up with those and credit to him. He was a legend and uh, and he made a career out of it, man. And I think that's uh, that's it's worthy of praise. And and somebody dedicates that much time, plus fighting cancer, which sucks. Everybody knows, fuck cancer, we hate it. Um, and uh, you know, forty nine years old, still too young to go. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a, he was good there. He definitely brought a lot. Um, yeah, him commentating hockey probably not the best thing. But anyway, we digress. Let's talk about some soccer. So we were talking uh, before we started. Uh, we were talking about Uruguay and the U twenty three team or the U twenty team, and uh, you know what. What's the issue with Diego Fagundes getting his his uh, U.S. citizenship and Gideon Zalalem gets his like overnight? What's up with that? How did that work? Gideon Zalalem's family were his father was a, a citizen and Diego Fagundes' his parents were not until much later in the process. That's you know, got it. Sort it's still, of how it works out. It's still amazing, and and I I don't know. There's no answer to this, but it's still amazing to me that the kid's been here. Since five years old, and he only got his uh, green card in 2013. So it's just crazy to me that he had not already started the whole process. I don't think it's that big of a, a loss overall. Um, although you know, I, I do think Klinsman should be fired over it. Um, but you know, I, I just it's just weird to me <laughs> that Diego Fagundes took so long to to you know to get into, the thing is too like. He he's been called in for a while now to Uruguay, and he missed some tournaments. Like I've talked to him about that. I, I asked him like, "Do you feel like you're missing out on, on some of these like tournaments and stuff like that?" And he he like quickly said, "He's like yes," and like moved on really quickly. But I'm dedicated to the revolution, so it's just weird to me that he took so long to finally kind of commit to Uruguay. Uh, so I think he did have some U.S. ambitions, but he just it just takes too long in the process. He should have started it much earlier. Yeah, I but. When you're a 14 year old kid, he started at what 14 and, and with the revolution, right? Or at least in MLS. So you're not thinking that far ahead. And may, maybe if he had started the process at that point, he would we'd be talking about as a U.S. men's international player now. But you know, he's playing for the U20s in Uruguay, and I don't know if he ever gets any higher than that. Uh, what I'd be more interested in is what this says about him internationally, because before he was. Well, one of the big things that I was hearing about him was he stayed with the revolution in order to get the citizenship, so so that he could play for the national team. Now, oh, I never heard that. See, I, I and again, I'm going to say I could very well be making that up, but I remember hearing that part of the reason he stayed with the revolution was to get the U.S. citizenship, and part of the uh, the impetus for that was to get. Uh, to be to have an opportunity to play for the national team. So if we're at this situation now where he's committed to Uruguay, does he still feel the need to play for the revolution, or does he start looking overseas? Because from you know, rumors on Twitter, that Twitter's Twitter, Twitter, whatever it's called, the Twitters. From rumors on Twitter, there is still interest in him overseas, especially if we're looking at him in Italy. So is that someone? Does does this change his? you know, his dedication to the revolution. Is he less inclined to stay and more inclined to head overseas to join his buddy AJ? Probably not the same team, but you get the point. Well, uh, um, okay, let me throw this out to you because um, Frank DeLapa had a great article on ESPN FC that kind of broke down the whole situation really well. 
And he says in there, he reveals that uh, Dago Fagundes has two years left on his contract. So this upcoming year and one more year on his contract. So if he goes down there and he does well in the US, whatever it is, South American Youth Cup, I guess it's called, he like bangs in a couple goals. Considering he wasn't a starter, he didn't even come off the bench in the MLS Cup, do you consider selling him? If someone if someone big time comes along and wants to buy Dale Fagundes before the season begins, do you consider to do that? It, it would depend on how much they offered because even without him playing, he is the face of this team to a lot of people. That is, you know, outside of Jermaine Jones, that is probably your most marketable player. I mean, more so than Lee Wynn, more so than, you know, anyone along the back line, more so than Scott Caldwell, more so than really anyone is Diego Fagundes. You know, you, he steps onto the, uh, to, he steps on to the pitch at Gillette and you hear the screams from the throngs of people. And, you know, I was going to say the throngs of teenage girls and that is mostly what it is, but that's, that's the face of the franchise. That, you know, maybe not more than Jermaine Jones, but he's, he's a big part of the team. So, you have to think of what you're losing if you sell him, even if he's not playing. No, I agree with that, but I think it's also how, – how much can you be the face of the franchise if you aren't the starter? And granted, he yeah. he can be, but, like, you know, if we're, like, 10 games in the season, he's still not even coming off the bench. That celebrity status goes down quite a bit, and Lee Wynn would step into that. Even Charlie Davies has the potential if he becomes, like, the goal-scoring guy he was in the playoffs – he might even be more of a face of a franchise eventually than, than Diego Fagundes on the here's bench. My, here's my question. With that new contract, which made – well, all right, two things. With that contract that he signed, do the Revolution still retain that 75% of anything that they sell to get him? Because he's homegrown. He's a homegrown product. Do they still get 75% of any sale, or does that change since he signed that new contract? Either you know that. Uh, I don't know, because technically he's he's not on the books as a as um, a protected homegrown. homegrown. I mean, I mean he is still homegrown, but he's not he's not under a homegrown contract anymore. Yeah, and then so, sort of. So I don't know if down, that applies to him. Yeah, and following down that same line, if if they had planned, you know, and this could go either way. Why I understand that they left him unprotected in the expansion draft, but then they, you know, paid money to make it so that they wouldn't pick him. If they're going to sell him, I, I don't know, I could go either way, which is this is we want to get the money for him when he's sold, or this could be, well, we have definite plans to use him in the future. And from what I've, you know, read online and seen is he is still very much within the plans in New England, and I, I just don't yeah, know. I don't yeah. know. I, I think he's going to come back. I think, you know, based on what he's doing in um, in South America right now, I think he's proving that he's still got a lot to offer and that he's going to get a, his fair shot here. He's got to win a spot away from Kellen Rowe. He's got to win a spot away from uh, Daigo Kobayashi. He's got to win a spot away from, uh, you know, whoever, the first guy off the bench, Right. He's got to win that spot, uh, um, and unless you know Lee Wynn goes elsewhere, he's coming in off the bench, in my opinion. Um, so what, know, what would be a fair? Sorry, go ahead. I was, no, go ahead. Yeah, you sorry. You had, you started talking about Teal Bunbury, so I thought you might have said yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think Teal, go Teal is going to go. Teal is. I think Teal. If Teal comes back, he's another guy that 
you know, remains. I think it's it's pretty much a done deal that he's coming back. But um, you know, we haven't heard what the status is on AJ. We haven't heard what the status is on Teal Bunbury, and that you know, ambiguity makes it hard for us to kind of play this thing. But even if even if Teal comes doesn't come back, Diego's best position isn't right wing. You know, get him back out on the field. That's one thing. But Diego's going to cut inside. He's always going to cut inside and play from a more central position. Look at where he scored his goals in 2013. It was right off of the the shoulder for the most part of uh, of Juan Agudelo, and he was always in the middle, always cu- cutting into the middle or in the middle to begin with, and running through the defenders and making uh, making those incisive cuts. He's not a winger. He won't be a winger. He doesn't excel in that position. So I, I I struggle to see where he's going to fit in on this field unless uh, you know he they get a big target forward up there and he uh, plays off of that target forward like he did off of Juan Agudelo or he wins that first spot up first man off the bench and I you know Seth was right next to me at LA uh, in LA at the uh, MLS final when when they brought on Andy Dorman I was screaming nuts because I thought they should have brought on Diego Fagundes at that point because uh, they needed more attacking power now Andy Dorman did great um, but I wanted Diego Fagundes in that game so badly because I really felt that they needed more offense on the field at that time and uh, but you know he right now the coach doesn't have that confidence in him and I think that that's the big challenge for Diego coming into the next season. So do you sell him, Hank? If you get a good offer, why not? He's not doing anything for you on the bench. What's a good offer? I think a good offer for for Diego is a you know twenty year old prospect. I think a, you know million bucks or two. Plus they take Jerry. <laughs> Plus what you said? They have to Plus take, they take Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's see, crazy. I, I I wrote a number I wrote a number down for um, and I'm probably absolutely in my number three point two uh, was pretty close, but I'm I'm over estimating. I don't know if you can read that. I can't see it. Four mil. Four, four mil. mil. Mil stands for million, and it that. Does. that and that S with like weird slashes of a dollar sign. That is, I would, you know, three point two. I could get, I could get, I could agree with that. But I think less, less than three mil for what he means to the team as far as development, for what he means to the team as far as marketing. And I think even if Charlie, I think if Diego Fagundes plays no minutes, and he gets, well, obviously he'd get no goals if he played no minutes. And Charlie Davies bangs in ten goals in the first ten games. I still think Diego Fagundes is more of a face of the team than Charlie Davies. What if Davies is stanky legging while getting those goals? Like he's just like standing out of this ball bounces off his stanky leg and goes in. Well, huh? Unless he's doing it in his own stadium, then it doesn't matter. No, probably not going to happen. I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't sell Fagundes. It would have to be a really big offer. I think I agree with you. And I think he's 19 years old, and he came off uh, – in his season – it was disappointing, but his stats really weren't that bad over the, the course of a season, you know. Um, so, I don't know. He'll probably bounce back. He had, like, what, five, five goals as a, as a midfielder? Is that what yeah, he had, five, five goals? goals, and I think he had, like, seven assists or something like that. I didn't realize assists. Maybe less than seven, I don't know. Yeah, so, so he didn't have a terrible so season, but he seven. didn't play. He just didn't play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zero on infinity. <laughs> 
I just don't think he had a good enough. Not not good enough to get out there, but you know, leave winners play the way he did. It's just what are you gonna do, right? It's just yeah. And I think well, that's part of it. Lee yeah. Wynn was so good doing what Diego Fagundes does. That what are you gonna do? It's a good problem know. to have. Good problem to have. Yeah. Unless you're Diego Fagundes. Hey, you guys hear about uh, Frank Lampard? Who? Do you guys know about him? Who is he? What was he? He's he's just. Uh, He's going to be the, the savior of NYCFC. Of who now? Oh, the, the other team besides Orlando. Oh, are we talking about... Um, oh, sorry, it was, four, it was four assists. I was way off. Four assists for Diego Fagundes. <laughs> <laughs> going to be the savior of NYCFC. Is that a thing? I don't know anymore. I don't even get what's going on with NYCFC. But let me tell you, Evan and I did a whole – we did a bunch of segments on Lampard and NYCFC on First Eleven. Um, and I, I'll, I'll pose a, a similar question to you guys that I post that we posed on the show, which is the idea of how much better is Orlando than New York at everything? Well, it just comes down to how you build your team. Like, the, Orlando built it correctly. They, they were in, you know, USL Pro beforehand. They were slowly finding – they were signing players – before, like, they were, they were going to officially be in MLS. Like, they knew ahead of time all these things. And then they signed, you know, Aurelian Call-In, Akugo. They, like, did all this dirty work. And then when it came time to, like, the drafts, they didn't do that well in the drafts, but it's because they already laid down all the groundwork in all these different ways. So NYCFC just, it's just so forced. I almost, I almost wish they could just say, you know what, let's give NYCFC another year off to keep trying, and let's just have Sacramento come in. Because I almost feel like Sacramento could do a better job like within like the, the next three months. I, I, NYC just seems like such a disaster. Yankee Stadium, their DP's not coming. The, he might never come. It's just so ridiculous. I hope he never comes. I really hope he never comes. Because it just... It looks bad for everyone. It's not... It's just bad. I don't want Steven Gerrard either, but whatever. Uh, it's bad news. I think there's going to be some good TIFO, at least, out of this uh, oh. Frank Lampard. And, uh, you know, I, I, wish, I wish we recorded first 11 earlier in the week. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, for for the whole the whole Lampard thing, I mean, it's a, the thing that gets me, all right, so Grant Wall comes out a couple of days ago, and he's now come out and said that um, – you know, that the contract was never with NYCFC. It was always an MCFC contract, and it wasn't a loan. Well, I'm sorry. That is in direct direct contradiction as to what the, the what MLS has said, what NYCFC has said, and what MCFC has said itself. So they're taking the word of one unidentified source over three other sources that have been out there in the press, and it's creating a whole – Grant Wall generally – doesn't go live with stuff unless he can validate it. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how much to believe. I don't know, you know, what's what's the story. There there could be somebody at MCFC who's just, you know, saying, oh, yeah, they're going to do whatever we say because um, the contract's with the family that owns both the teams, and they're going to tell decide where he's going to go. I think it comes down to a thing of semantics at a really high level, but uh, it's just bad. It's just the well, whole PR situation is bad. 
the whole thing, and this is kind of a general MOS problem, is like it feels like a 90s sitcom sometimes where they forget their own storyline. Like, you know, like where, when we watch like a 90s sitcom and there's like 30 minutes, like Saved by the Bell, and like the next day the characters were totally different and they didn't make any sense and they totally forgot they hated each other. It just feels like Don Garber <laughs> makes up a lie, makes up a story, and the next week he's like, well, now this is true. And it's just it, it's infuriating to watch and try to like, you know, place your thumb on. Well, I see. I can't even talk about. It. I don't even know where to go with the the. You you are allowed. I've I've said this before. You're allowed to make mistakes in signing players, but make sure the player is actually signed. I mean, you want to go out and splash money on a 36 year old, 37 year old, 40 year old designated player? Go ahead. I don't care. It's your money to waste on whoever you want. But if you're going to build your, this is where I think most people are upset. Is they built, they built, excuse me, not build, they built their marketing around Frank Lampard and David Villa. And really, when I think back about it more, it's really more they did build it more around David Villa than they did around Frank Lampard, but Frank Lampard was definitely a big part of it. And then he might not be coming until at least August. That Why not just hold that and do the whole, we got a big sign and coming in August. We got a big sign yeah. and coming in August. Wait till you see that big sign that we have in August. And then August he comes and you're like, oh, holy, holy crap, they have Frank Lampard. So it just, it screams to me what it's been screaming to me all along. Is this is a way to duck financial fair play for Manchester City. And I, I've said that before. I'll say it again. I'll say it until, you know, FIFA gets me on the phone and says, hey, what do you think about this, Abram? But until that happens, that's exactly that's it's what it smells like, is what it looks like, and what it seems to be, and that's why they're buying teams throughout the world. Yeah, that's not a bad theory. I like that idea. I just, I agree with you. I just, it's such a PR disaster. And... Well, can you just explain it a little bit more, Abram, for people that maybe aren't as as quick on the uptake on this whole financial fair play thing, like myself? How is this an invasion of financial fair play? Because if he's if he's actually on the book for Manchester City, then that salary goes on the book, and they have to match that with the income that they get from ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that the signings are matching up with, excuse me, to make sure that the income coming in is a, not at huge discrepancy to the money being paid out so that they don't pay everyone $7 billion. But if he's on the books at NYCFC, then he doesn't count towards Manchester City's financial fair play or whatever the coefficient is called. It's the same reason why you know they have a team in Japan, they have the team in Australia. I'm sure eventually they'll get a team in the Middle East. But I think everyone is relatively clear that where the money lies is with Manchester City. That's the most important target. So let's say tomorrow they go out and they sign Drogba to the Australian team, and then they sign, I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo to the Japanese team, and they sign four or five other, you know, big stars. They get Schneider and NYCFC, and then they take them all on loan at the same time. Then that doesn't count against Manchester City for uh, financial fair play because they're on loan and not the contracts aren't technically owned by them, which is weird now that they're saying that Frank Lampard's contract is owned by Manchester City. But which, sorry, furthermore, you know, this whole it idea... It screws the whole thing up. The, yeah, the the thing with uh, Grant Wall, where you're talking about one thing, I'm I'm not sure that they didn't mean City Footballing Group, who owns all of the teams, exactly owns the contract, so they can just do whatever the hell they want with it. 
I, I don't know. I I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. I th- I'm, I wasn't part of that conversation. I don't know what, what Grant Wall, who he talked to, or what the what the source was. But you know, he's saying that the team that the contract wasn't with MCFC. Well, did he mean MCFC, the uh, parent organization that owns all of them? Maybe he meant you know Melbourne City FC. I mean, I don't know where his contract <laughs> is. I mean, acronyms don't help. They they just kind of screw everything up. <laughs> so is there anything you guys think that NYCFC can do besides, you know, building a stadium in the next, you know, month that could possibly save face? I just feel like their fans are just absolutely depressed right now. You know, I don't they know if fans. They... <laughs> Apparently they have like what? Eight thousand season ticket holders? Jeez, I'll let you go, Hank, before I go off on my rant about that. Well, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what it is. I know there was one guy out on Twitter uh, today who was, he was saying that he'd be happy to come on. He's saying it's not all bleak for NYCFC, and another guy backed him up on that saying uh, that, yeah, you know, they're going to be fine in the end. I agree. I think they're going to be totally fine in the end. Um, you know, when is David Villa coming? He'll be there at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, so I, mean, I, I doubt they're going to keep him out. <laughs> yeah, Mike. My, my theory, my theory is, is that they're going to work out something with, with, uh, with Frank, um, so that he joins the team this summer, and it's going to be a bit David Beckham esque for a little bit. He'll go back from time to time, um, but yeah, I mean. It, We'll see where see where Manchester City ends up at the end of the season. If, if Frank Lampard gets injured in the next three months, he's here. Done deal, right? I mean, he'll come back and he'll do his rehab here, et cetera. I don't know. But uh, we'll have to see. I think they should sign Raul. No, obviously. Or get him on loan from the Cosmos. Yo, there, there you go. go. Perfect. So I can't find this guy's name now because there's something going on with my, oh, my Twitter. It was, uh, Mitchell, it's, uh, yeah, Mitchell, it was Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell Cahali. Yeah, Mitchell, one of my he's one of the uh, the Armada guys with me down in uh he's out of Mobile. The good guy. Yeah, and then a googly boogly is uh or googly boogly is the other guy who was saying NYCFC will be fine. So both those guys okay. are uh NYCFC fans. They think it's gonna be okay. I'm inclined to agree. And they've got a ton of money behind them. They're playing at Yankee Stadium, it's the next big thing in town. It's right in downtown, right? Well Bronx. And it's not downtown, but it's uh close enough. These guys will be they'll be fine. Whatever. I don't want to talk about NY. I don't I don't like talking about imaginary teams. Let's talk about Orlando. You know the Orlando is Oh a uh, real team? You mean team. you mean a team that existed? A team that existed before uh whatever. <laughs> a team that was stolen from Texas, brought to Florida, I would rather and have... corrupted into MLS fiefdom. Whatever. A team that was owned and real and actually existed and whatever. It's whatever. I don't they care. They were purple. I don't know. They I don't, were yeah, that's kind of badass. They're Donny That's kind of badass. Team. I might. What? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Nobody <laughs> out there understands that reference. <laughs> Big purple fan, Donny Osmond. Yeah. I'll take your Never word mind. for it. Uh, what are we talking about? Well, we were talking about MLS and their expansion. It's been a while since. since Yeah, it's been a while since we. We haven't talked about LAFC on this show. Who? Oh, man. Do you think they'll. No. See, 
this actually might be really good because LAFC is watching how terribly this whole thing's going, and they're gonna learn from the mistakes. And maybe they'll actually be like a really good expansion franchise when it happens. Yeah, but NYCFC should have been. I don't know. They should have seen what Chivas USA did and gone, oh, they messed that up royally. We better. But I feel like everything with NYCFC was just so rushed. Like, there's just no stadium plan. They're going to play in Yankee Stadium. It looks terrible for soccer. It just. Why not? Are we going? We're going, right? Who's going to Yankee Stadium first? Probably not. It's Sunday. It's a Sunday. Why not? Oh, you have to work, you teachers. That's right. Work. Why not? Why why not? I swear I'll keep it for a year. Yeah, no kidding. That's true. Are they going to get a stadium built in a year? I mean, is that going to do them any better? I don't know. They could try again, though. Try to find someone better. Don Garber should just come out and say, guys, try again. That's what us teachers do. If someone brings us a poor product, we we don't say, all right, let's put it on the field. Let's put it on the board. We say, no, go back and do it again. So Don Garber should come out tomorrow and say, Benny Bellucci, you do not have a team next year. Try again. (laughs) <laughs> Patrick Mullins go back to New England every single <laughs> Tony Taylor back to traffic there you go <laughs> oh go hey oh Gabe uh, what's his name Gabe Abusamonde who's yeah, down in, uh, yeah. he's with the Strikers now right with uh, Tom yeah, Tom he's, in, he's somewhere in NASL he's with the Rowdies the Rowdies with Thomas Rogan yeah man it's going to be huge that's the next big thing, Kaleg Monday. the boss. Yeah, you like I don't like him. He's, he's going to play for the U.S. Men's World Cup. You know, all, all that talk about uh, Ibarra when he got called up, everyone just forgot about poor old Gale who uh, got called up when he was playing for the Railhawks. That's right. Oh, I guess yep. technically he was in traffic. I know he was on loan to the Railhawks, but whatever. But he'll be there. He'll be there in the Gold Cup. Absolutely. Right? Him and Gideon Zalala. Gideon, second coming. Gideon, our new savior. Gideon. He's totally so the new Julian savior. Julian Green savior thing isn't working out? No, Julian Green, not so much. It's not all about Gideon. It's all about Gideon. We have a 2018 got... roster built around potential. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, like Only now is Freddie Adu will be the water boy. <laughs> is he playing or is he not playing anymore? I have no idea. His contract ended. Yeah, and he got all angry because he's like, well, guys, I did not get caught. released. He's like, I didn't get released. I knew the contract was expiring. They did not. Ex- we did not extend it. He's gonna. It's like hanging out in clubs now with uh, his his pals. Whatever. He needs to sign with the Cosmos. He totally needs to sign with the Cosmos. Totally needs. Oh, to Minnesota. Really needs to sign with Minnesota United so that when they lose a bar, they have a nice secondary backup plan. Is anyone gonna sign a bar? They can. He's under contract. New York. Uh, I'm sorry, not New York. Uh, Red Bull put a discovery claim on him. Oh really? Yeah. Discovery claims. Hilarious. Yeah. I. Oh, CBA. 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 Oh my God. CBA. CBA. Wait, hold on. I gotta look at my. Calendar. Eleven DP spots. <laughs> CBA. I'm gonna predict eleven DP spots. One, two, three. So we have. Approximately, we have approximately 20 days till the CBA expires. So exciting! Yeah, but nothing's gonna happen on that day. Like you shouldn't be having one of those chains, like because they're gonna all still go to practice on the old CBA. 
I, have, then, I don't care. I have a ball drop. So wait, when does it? Uh, January thirty first. Yeah. That's what I thought. But then I was, was talking with Kyle McCarthy a couple weeks ago. He said something different. So it's kind of strange. When Kyle McCarthy said he's much smarter than me. Yeah, I think he said it was. <laughs> he, has uh, he has a tendency not to just make stuff up to sound good. <laughs> you know, he basically said the same thing. He said that it is going to expire, and they'll just keep operating under the auspices that the of the old one until the new one's ratified. Actually, truth be told, this is a really unknown fact. Um, this is actually the same CBA from 1996. They just uh, keep playing under it. No, that's clearly, that's clearly BS. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was a nice try. Yeah. But, um, right, so, CBA. What do you want out of your CBA? In every stadium. Icy's. Oh, they're, better than, they're better than Slurpees. Trust me. You want <coughs> Alexi Lalas. Yeah, that's what I want. Ready? If I get nothing else out of my CBA, nothing else, I don't care, I want to end bona fide offers. Player oh, rights? Really? I'm, I'm, I, you keep allocation, whatever, keep everything exactly as it is, get rid of bona fide offers. Just be done with them. So yeah, mean, no, yes, uh, yes, that means the revolution lose A. Sora and Juan Agadello, but I don't care. They lose the rights to them. They're going to lose yeah, them anyway. exactly. So what, what it is, is it's basically saying, I'm going to put my marker down here. I know you're not going to take it, but I'm putting my marker on you so that if you ever come back in this league, I get first crack at you. It's, uh, it's, it is kind of, uh, it's, it's a way of saying, you know, you know, finders keepers or some childish stupid game, you know, that they used to say. It's like, you know, uh, I got dibs. Uh, I call it shotgun on AJ Soares. It's basically, um, you know, so that's – I agree it needs to go away. But at the same time, um, that I think – and forget, forget the same time thing. I mean, it, if it were to go away, it would mean basically the end of free, uh, the end of that the system here, and it would basically be allowing free agency in MLS, and that's something that's no. not going to happen. No, 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 you still have the allocation order for returning players. You have the allocation order for uh, U.S. men's national team players. You have the re-entry draft. You have the waiver draft. So there's still absolutely no free agency. It's just saying, I'm not going to sign with your team. It's but, a step but, towards free agency, but it's not free agency. Not even close. But that get that... Yeah, yeah... Huh. So I mean the thing you, you're right on the on the whole the whole draft thing I think uh, because that the allocation order etc but bona fide bona fide um, offer and the players rights would apply to you know so basically the whole Michael Parker scenario um, you know the whole Robbie Rogers trade none of that stuff would have happened well, right? it's good. Which well, is, no, 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 but I think that but that's basically giving a player returning back into this league is not coming through allocation order, 
Well, maybe he would come through allocation order then if he doesn't have the rights. So if Michael Parkers comes in. Parkers, the US, Parkers is a U.S. Men's National Team player. He's playing overseas. He's going to come back into the league. He's going to go through allocation order instead of going being done through trade. Right. So it's not free agency. But did Columbus have to trade up to get his spot? Uh, I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. No, didn't New England trade allocation money for Parkers? You trade the players' rights, right? Trade the players' rights. Yeah. So did he sign a deal with sign a deal with the league saying that I'm going to go to Columbus because the reps are going to basically trade my rights to them? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Right. I just want to try to understand Abrams' thing. Okay. Let's say AJ Soares says I don't want. He's out of contract. Mm-hmm. And, but he wants to stay in MLS. He would just have more freedom to be say, okay, I'm going into the free entry draft. Free entry draft. The problem is he could say no to every team until he gets the one he wants. Was that would that be okay? No, because that wouldn't happen. Because that's not the way the system's set up. No, but yeah, but, because, but you still have an issue of a team picking up. So let's say he wants to go to California. He wants to go to the LA Galaxy, but the team ahead of him is Philadelphia. So if Philadelphia picks him up. Philadelphia would then have his rights, so you still have the issue of player rights. That's what you're saying. So you get the problem is that your system. He, he wouldn't go through have, reentry draft. And the reentry draft would be bogus at that stage. The yeah, problem the is that is the parity would go away. Parity would go away. Forget parity's ridiculous. But so close right, to part. So, yeah. I mean, why why have parity? Why have parity and a salary cap? Why? One or the other. Salary cap cap enforces parity. Salary cap, yeah, which means you don't. (laughs) All right, you you don't allow these players to go. All right, I I understand. I'm going to go with Benny Fellhaber. There's no chance that in a wide open market, Benny Fellhaber would have ever signed with the New England Revolution. Just it's true. Wouldn't happen. There's no way he he would have forced his way to probably, you know, cheat off the bottom. He would have found a way to LA eventually, or, you know, maybe not LA, but some, whatever. But in a salary cap system, if he wanted to go to LA, they'd have to go, no, because we're way over the cap and we're going to be hit with 100 different things if you sign with us. So, why have these forced things where you can, I don't know, whatever. But the thing is uh, that. Team teams would obviously like play, some players would obviously take a big pay cut to go play in LA because the weather's yeah. nice and because they're contenders. Like age, like uh, I'm, I'm like I'm just using this. No, there's no information about AJ Soares. This which we're talking about. But like uh, you know, he might want to go to play in LA, so he might take a significant pay cut to go there as opposed to continuing to play in. New England Revolution. Obviously, that wouldn't be necessarily smart for him because he wants to make money because he wants to, you know, suffer for so long. But, but I, and I think that's the other thing that we sometimes forget is the idea, you know, as as you're sort of alluding to, this is a job. It's a job that only lasts for so long. So you want as much money as you possibly can now, which is why players are so quick to say, "I'm going to test my luck overseas," even though I've had no interest from anyone overseas ever. Um. I don't think a player in MLS, a big salary cup or, excuse me, cut or taking a low salary in MLS is a lot different than taking a big pay cut or a salary decrease in the NBA or the NHL or the NFL or Premier League or Bundesliga or wherever. Taking that salary cut in MLS is, you know, moving from upper middle class to middle class. Yeah. 
that's a huge difference. And taking a big, I mean, New England's expensive as it is. I believe he was living in the Boston area, so that's you know one of the three or four most expensive places to live in the country. You're gonna move to L.A., which is one of the few places Twice. more expensive yeah. on a salary comp. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, would you be okay with keeping players' rights, but um, raising the amount that a bona fide offer is? Because it seems like the bona fide offer. Because yeah. I remember when Juan Agudelo left, he like laughed at the idea that like his offer was. Yeah, Juan Agudelo wanted too much money. Yeah, yeah, but like Juan Agudelo wanted to be a DP. Yeah, which we were all willing to do because we were like, we love him. It's not my Make money. Him a DP, why not? I mean, yeah. But still, it's about the DP money that he wanted. He was getting, he got like a million dollars to sign a pre-contract. Why wouldn't he take that? You know? Yeah. Anyway, craziness. My daughter wants to know how to sign into Netflix. Hmm. Huh. Well, what are you watching, little girl? Hmm. Anyway, um, I, if I'm if I'm uh, AJ Soares and I'm getting a good deal from Italy, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't I care mean, about the bona fide offer. He was going to get a good deal. I mean, he's, these guys aren't making chump change anymore, right? I mean, no. he was a first round draft pick, so a bona fide offer for him is going to be somewhere around two hundred something thousand dollars. I'd imagine, right? I mean, I'd I, imagine. Jake's watching. Jake, look up uh, uh, AJ's salary and uh, for this year and and tweet it to us, will you? Thanks. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I'm thinking that he's he a bona fide offer for him would have to be um, a certain percentage plus the um, you know a certain percentage premium on top of the base that he was just making. I right? agree with you in a sense, but I also I don't know. I look at someone like Breck Shea, and he like puts on a smile and says like I learned a lot over there in Stoke City, and I would I wouldn't trade it for the world. But you know, this different players obviously. Like you look at AJ Soares, a guy who's not on the national team radar at all, and you look at Breck Shea, who was like Breck Shea could have been at the World Cup if Breck Shea was playing. Breck Shea could have very well ended up on that 23 man roster. So he missed potentially a World Cup because he decided to go over there as opposed to. You know, playing it. But he also went over something. He also went over there thinking he was going to be a star, or if not a star, at least a bit role He's player. Playing, right? But he didn't even play. No, but he didn't go over there knowing that he wasn't going to play. He went over there thinking, "I'm good enough. I may not, I may not play every day, but I'll be on the eight team. I'll be training day out, and eventually, I'm going to be a superstar, and I'm going to do for Stoke what Dempsey did for Fulham, and everything's going to be awesome." He didn't know that. You know, he thought. Now, I think sort of what you were saying, Seth, along the idea of AJ isn't on the national team radar at all, I think a move like this is because, well, one, it's the money, and two, I think it's on the national team radar. I, I was talking with, I don't know, it was probably you, Hank, after MLS Cup. I think AJ Soares is a better overall defender than Omar Gonzalez. I think he's a different type of defender. I don't think he's as good as Beasler but I think he's better than Omar Gonzalez, and I think a league like Italy suits his style. And I think an American player who plays center back, where we've been struggling recently, who goes to Italy, maybe maybe doesn't play every game, maybe is you know 18, 18, on the 18 most weeks, maybe once in a while doesn't make the roster, you know, makes a few whatever their version of the FA Cup uh, appearances are. Klinsman looks at that, and he's like, all right, the message I've been selling is challenge yourself overseas. This kid's a central defender. He's better than Omar. He's challenging himself over the seas. 
let's give him a couple, uh, let's give him a chance in a January camp or probably not January because of the transfer happening now, but let's give him a chance in February. Let's call him up for the gold cup and see what he can do. I think so it's a smarter it's, move for him. I don't think he gets called up for the gold cup. I, I, I can see him. No, I don't I, think he does either. I, I mean, I, I can see him even just the cachet of I'm going to Italy. I don't know when the, the Italy season is or anything like that, but I can see even the cachet of that earning him a call up to even the January camp. You know, it's all MLS, so maybe, I don't know, crazier things yep. happen. Yep. And I think that's uh, what it comes down to. He's, he's doing what Klinsman told him to do, which is challenge yourself. And, you know, Klinsman may not even know who this guy is, but he's challenging himself overseas in a tough league, and he's playing a position where we are right now weak. Yeah. Well, they got uh, 159K guaranteed for AJ Soares uh, on his uh, contract. So basically, it's a premium for that. So it's close to 200000 um, you got to figure that any move to Italy is going to be, uh, dip- well, it's it's Verona, right? Hellas Verona, which is Hellas is the uh, the wor- the Greek word for Greece. So, is it, if it's a Greek Italian team, I'm not sure how much uh, what what they're going to be paying him in drachmas um, <laughs> or euros. But it's uh, either way, it's it's a sketchy economy over there. We don't know. Um, AJ, you're better off, man. What about um? Better off staying here. Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of thinking about that. AJ, you are watching. About, uh, I'm thinking of Tim Ream. Tim right. Ream was player of the year at Bolton, or defender player of the year, or, or something. Player of the year. Oh, Alexi Lawless. Or he Alexis might have been the Lawless wants to know why is AJ better than Omar? Huh? Alexi Lawless oh, wants ready? to know why is AJ better than Omar? In this is again always coming from my own personal opinion. When I both of them have the same ability to ball watch, or not ability, but the same situation where they are ball watching, where they sit there and they ball watch, and they Omar's got this great recovery speed on him. Now, I don't think AJ does it enough. I think he's better with the ball at his feet. I think he plays the ball. I think he. I basically what it comes down to is he's a better passer. I think he reads the game a little bit wetter. I think Omar is, and this is gonna, I don't know how this will sound, but he's a much more physical defender. And he's much better recovering. But I think AJ is much better. As I think he, he feels to me, he seems to be watching him game in, game out, watching a lot of Omar as well, that he reads the game better, that he's a better passer, that he's better marking the players, and that he's, well, I was going to say he's better on um, attacking on set pieces, but that's not true. I think Omar and him are relatively equal when it comes to that. He, he got a lot – AJ got a lot better this year. This year was a breakout year for AJ. I mean, he split time last year. Um, yeah. And he was probably the better defender with him and uh, Jose Gonzalez. His passing got better because before this year, I would totally disagree with you with passing. Like half the time, he was hoofing it up the, the, the field. But he got better this year with with a lot of those qualities. Um, I don't know. I think it's good for him to challenge himself and to, to, to take it to the next level and, and see what happens. Well, and yeah, I, I think what it comes down to when I'm looking at, and I'm going back to the thing with him and Omar, is I've always, the way I view Omar is he is a very physical player, and I can't, I can't stress that enough, which is why when he was going to the Bundesliga, you know, I was like, well, this will be good for him because it's, you know, a better league, it's a better technical league. And I really think that the technical, the, the reputation that Syria has as being a technical player like AJ Sor is there training game in, game out is going to help the strong aspects of his game even more. And I think that's something that Klinsman's looking for, is someone who can play the ball out of the back. He stresses that over and over again. 
Defenders need to play the ball out of the back. They need to play it with their feet. Omar, I don't, I still don't see him as being able to do that. I think AJ is that way Omar's strength, if that makes sense. I think AJ uh, tracks the, the the ball sometimes a little bit better too. Like there's a lot of times this year where I felt like uh, like the ball got behind the defense and AJ made that last ditch like play to like prevent the, the, the shot or something like that. So he kind of cleaned up messes. It's also hard to tell too because you know the Revolution played that high line so often that the defense got beat over the top so so many times. So yep. yeah, I don't know. It's be what would be super interesting to watch now to track is that you have two different developments, and maybe you can't even compare these in like a year from now, but since we're all comparing them now, you have uh, Omar Gonzalez who signed a DP contract to stay in MLS when he had options to go to other places, and then you have AJ Soros who decided to go elsewhere. Again, we might never be able to compare these later on. Maybe we never even talk about AJ Soros in the national team again, but it'd be interesting if that actually played a role in the future. I think it's uh, it would be interesting to see. So what happened when... Uh, Let's, let's go back. Um, all right, Alexi's coming back here. Not sure I agree that AJ is better than Omar, but agree with you that AJ is better suited for Italy than Omar. So there you go. Um, so what happened with Omar in uh, in Germany, right? He went over for a trial and, and got injured. And, and, and then Timmy back. Chandler destroyed his career. Yeah, and he's never going back, right? Because he's MLS for life now? Is no, I kind of... Is there a chance that Omar gets another crack overseas? I... I... I think that he should. I think he. I think it's good. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't about, mean he what should. What about AJ Delagarza? I like AJ Gar- Delagarza. What about him? Does he get a shot overseas? He. Uh, I think he's, he's, I think he's a better. I think he's a better defender. <laughs> I think he's a better defender than Omar. To be honest, they work really well together. Wherever they should they go, they should go together. She's yes, Jake, clearly Alexi Lalas is bored if he's watching the pickup soccer show. So, um, no, um, I was. What were we talking? What the hell were we talking? About? I don't even remember now. Oh, AJ, all right. I think Omar should get another chance to go overseas. Um, I don't know if he wants to. I don't even know that he necessarily, you know, quote unquote, needs to. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt him to go overseas. I think it'll make Jurgen Klinsmann happy because, you know, at this point, that's all anyone's trying to do is make Jurgen Klinsmann happy. But can you ever make? Where, where did he go? I think I think yeah. Can you, can you ever make Europe? Wait, what do you give a man that has everything? A trip to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> a defender in Europe. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, well, we didn't talk about the other thing that's going on. The other big, the big cheese, the big deal, the big wheel. The uh, that other big signing supposedly happening. Of uh, that that guy who plays for. Uh, John Henry's team in in England, who's now going to be coming to maybe play for LA. How do you replace Landon Donovan? You sign a 34-year-old guy who misses a, a ball at point-blank range and falls on his butt and makes one of the best gifts of all time. Um, that's how you do it. Steve how do you feel about that? Does Steve Gerrard yeah. have, have a future in MLS, or is this just one of those things? Well, he obviously has a future in MLS. Is what kind of future is it? <laughs> True. Is he gonna come? Oh, I think I, think I don't think it's a question. I, I think, think it's a done. done deal, I bet he ends up in Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me how. Don't ask me how. I don't know how the rules work. 
That would be so sure, classic. I'm pretty sure all European players now have to make a quick stop at Man City, and if they like you, you keep, they keep you. I think we lost Alexi. We're down, New to, three, we're down to three viewers now. <laughs> all right. But, um... What do we like? I don't know. What 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 do you expect out of him? The, the AJ source, uh, Omar Gonzalez was our target market. But I think <laughs> what, a weird, what a weird conversation to like. Now we're down to two viewers. Like, Rats, quickly. Start, start talking about Omar. Stevie Gerrard. We're down to two two viewers. Uh-oh. No one cares about. We're gonna talk more no, CBA we'll... and more uh, more AJ Soares after right after this break. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're, back you, but no. we're back up to three. Here we go. Ah, I knew it worked. <laughs> more CBA, more AJ Soares all the time. 24-7. No, I think, uh, I think Gerard's and, a, a fine. I don't, know, I don't know how he works, rats. I don't, yeah, it's, you know, he's, he's, an, he's a British midfielder. He's a player. He'll, he'll be fine, you know. He's whatever. I think you know, we should I, I'm going to be curious to see how they play, though. What, what, what's LA's style going to be going into next year? Are they going to play exactly the same that they played this year where it's sort of on the ground more? Or are they going to go back to the... I, mean, I, I don't know enough, and this is honestly, I don't watch enough EPL, I don't watch enough Premier League to really know what Steven Gerrard does. So Yeah, you know, Steven Gerrard is, is, is kind of that old style box-to-box midfielder. Um, he cleans up a lot of messes. He's got a good free kick. Um, he's, he's talented. He's smarted. He's he's talented and smart. That's what I meant to say. Um, he's uh, he's basically an an above average soccer player who's had a great career uh, playing that role, uh, and for a high profile team. The thing is, is he's thirty four years old, and the you know are are we a reti- is are we is MLS a retirement league? And that's the that's I keep coming back to this, and, and I. Hundred uh, percent fine with guys, you know, who who want to come over here and and get a shot at playing or whatever. But I get I'm getting a little annoyed with with players that you know want to come over for the big payday and capitalize on their name. I I get it. It's a smart thing for them to do. It makes perfect sense for them to do financially. But it's starting to annoy me a little bit. And I I'm you know I want to see him come over here. I want to see him get schooled. I want to see, um, you know, I want to see Andrew Farrell run him over. But more than that, I want to see him just embrace it and love it and be a poster for the the league. Because I don't care if you're old or young. If you can play and you can be here, then be here. Like Jermaine Jones, like there's no question that he is an older player, but he loves it here. Like he is. He's a couple years younger than Gerard, at least. And, you know, and I, you know, you but you look at guys like, you know, Beckham came over here and he Beckham learned the hard way. Uh, Thierry Henry learned the hard way. Well, his first Thierry Henry's first years in MLS were not good, and uh, he slowly won over the fans. I think across he got a lot of help from MLS in that regard. Um, you know, they painted a nice picture of him, but uh, you know there was those slapping incidents, the spitting incidents, the knees in the back, etc. Just uh, a lot of that. A lot of that kind of got glossed over. Um, you know, Rafa Marquez came in and made everybody look good. Uh, but I think when somebody like Gerard comes in, he's got to realize that um, a lot of these players here are going to be out to get him, and they're going to out to make him look bad. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, 
I, I'm willing to let him have a shot here, you know, in L.A. or whatever. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, sold that. I don't want, I don't want MLS to have that reputation of being a retirement league. I mean, but you, you bring up uh, Steven Gerrard. He's less, or sorry, almost exactly a year younger than, or older. I'm sorry, than Jermaine Jones. So we're not talking about... So Gerard is 34. He's going to be 35 in May. How old is Jones? 32? Jermaine Jones is he just 33. Turned 33. He just 33. turned 33. And he'll be 34. Okay. Yeah, so he's a little more than a year. Yeah, he but is. the guy the guy but parties like a 21-year-old. Have you seen his pictures? Yeah. Shirtless on But he also, he also plays like a 21-year-old. True. You know... He, he leaves it all out in the field. I don't know if, if Gerard's going to come over here and he's going to be like, what the hell did I do? What did I get myself into? Um, it's not like he has any that... connections to the USA at all. God, what is his name? I'm, I've been blanking on his name and it's killing me. What was the Seattle designated player? Lundberg? Thank you. Freddie Lundberg. 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 Right? I've been trying to think of his name for a few days. That's who this, this whole thing... I don't, you know, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Is it someone who potentially could do a lot of things and raise a profile, but potentially it could also explode in the team's face? Now, I think Gerard is more of a professional than Lundberg, so I think one way or another, I don't think there's a way that it could really go worse. Well, there's always a way that it could go worse than Lundberg because Lundberg is, you know, kind of underrated as a DP. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a huge problem with it. And the retirement league stuff, I don't, I don't care. You know Every what? single person – sorry, go ahead. I, I, I think, I think every single person who – yeah, we're on a delay. No. <laughs> no. I, I, I hope that what happens is that this is the big signing after – um, Landon Donovan, because you have to do something because yes. you know that they're, they, whoever they're going to sign Agreed. next, they'll be like, he's the Landon Donovan. So they make this signing, but this is not their Landon Donovan signing. They sign like a a, a young guy who who will be given some time to develop into a, a Landon Donovan. Like it'd be cool if like it was, I don't know, Luis Gill or something like that. Like a, a player where you, you're going to give him the keys and kind of get at it. But the problem is you don't want to do that because it'd be way too much pressure to put on a player. So I would like it if they say, here's Steve Gerrard, and then they silently make a, a, another player that's going to be more effective overall yeah. or more important in the long run, and that's kind of the, the Landon Donovan replacement. And I think that's that, you, that you, you kind of brought out what I was going to say, which is obviously, you know, the people who I, I hang out with, the people I talk to about soccer, it's the whole idea of, oh, Lampard, Gerrard, retirement league. And that's, that's who they focus on because that's who the you know, media outside of America sells. But that's also who the American media sells are these big-name former European superstars. But the fact is it's not really a retirement league if you watch it. It's, more, it's turning into more of a developmental feeder league at this point. It's not quite you know, the Netherlands or even Belgium at this point, but that's where I see it going. Now, they want to compete with... England and Spain and whatever by what what year did he say we're gonna be one of the top ten by twenty twenty I don't remember the year the was it twenty twenty two gave for it did he also say he's gonna put the man on the moon or something like that too I don't remember but the the point is I I don't care if you see it as a retirement league I don't care I don't want you to watch it if you don't want to watch it it's your call you want to call it a retirement league call it a retirement league you want to say it's crappy football say it's crappy football it doesn't 
it doesn't affect me at the end of the day. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be here for a while, and in 20 years, when it maybe is one of the top, forget about the top four, when it's one of the top ten leagues in the world, which it may already be, people are still going to say, oh, well, they signed so-and-so at age 35, so it's a retirement league. But meanwhile, Frank Lampard is over in Manchester doing relatively well, and no one's saying that the Prem is a retirement league. And MLS has not signed uh, Ronaldinho. That would stamp retirement. Not yet. Not yet. Sorry. Sorry. But it needs to be a mix. That's what the important thing is. You have to have the mix of the young and the old players. The the young players learn from the old players. That's the way it goes, and they they benefit greatly from it. So I I honestly like the fact that it's a young, exciting league, and you can kind of pick out players and say, like, this guy is maybe going to go to Europe one day. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he stays in MLS. But I I like the fact that it's a, a young kind of developmental league. And it brings this kind of circle around to what league is better for these players, right? Is it better to go to Europe and sit on a bench, not start, or to stay in MLS to get the Breck Shea phenomenon? Then you've got the guys going uh, from that have been raised in Europe, raised in European soccer, maybe thinking about coming to MLS, a la Mix Discrude. Uh, and Mix is over there. He's you know maybe has a contract with um, that Norwegian team he's been playing for, Rosenberg. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, maybe he's got a contract there. Maybe he's got a team in, in Mexico interested in him, whatever. You know, but the fact is, it's still Norway, right? It's it's Norwegian soccer. It's not the best soccer in the world. And you got these guys out there saying, stay in Europe, stay in Europe, stay in Europe. Is Norway Europe really? Is it? And is I it, think is it that's, kind of like, is it kind of like Europe's hat? I think that's where the problem lies is being in Europe doesn't automatically equal being Good in Europe. Soccer. It doesn't yeah, mean if that's that's you could be in third division yeah. people, England and people say stay in Europe. I'm playing in the eighth division in the Ukraine. I'm in Europe. <laughs> but it does equal it does equal DP contract upon coming back. Yeah, it does. There's, that's, that's, yeah, that's, it totally yeah. does because it's all about you know the Benjamins or the uh, Ukrainians. Well, it the, is. It is at the end of the day. It's that it is about it is about money. And if you I think, think I've always said if you can get paid more elsewhere, go elsewhere. But if you I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, think, I, I, I think know where I stand paid, on it. I know I don't care. I think you get paid in Mentos in Norway, or that's a Sweden. One of those. I, I think. Uh, I think Mix Diskaru got paid in like uh, poetry lessons. Have you seen his tweets? <laughs> oh my God! I was actually. I actually. I wanted to talk about the tweet because I actually took a picture of it because I never wanted to forget this tweet. It is so beautiful. I He's probably going to delete it. Yeah, it's probably already deleted. I don't know if it is yet, but um, it was. It was a thing of beauty. Read it right here. Who's got enough loose balls to criticize either MLS or themes with more than one theme? I'm not sure. By any New York's Frankie boy. <laughs> minus. Do you think it's a, actually a minus? Before having seen the contracts. Hmm. I, I'm, try, I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to figure out what he's trying to say. Mike McGee's response is the best. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mike McGee's response is the Right off the crack, bro. Thanks, yes, we all agree. Up to six viewers now. Um, and Liz... Got that, uh, got that lawless bump. Got yeah. the lawless bump. And, and, uh, Lexi, uh, Lexi was down there when we were down to two viewers. He said he was one of them. So thank you, Lexi, for sticking with us. So uh, our our uh, crowdsourcing interns have come back with, there's nothing in the Italian media about uh, our friend AJ Soares having signed for Hellas Verona. By the way, 
So thank you, uh, La Diabolina on Twitter. He's gone. He's gone. It's so, it's so much easier to crowdsource your interns than actually hire them. <laughs> <laughs> I did a crowdsourcing for um, karaoke. And, uh, oh how does yeah, that work? And, well, I just I wrote on Twitter. I wrote on Twitter. I said karaoke suggestions and. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna have and, people like sing the song for you. No, no. Ooh. And they uh and and one of my response ba- uh, responses was from an MLS referee. So, oh really? Yeah. You told what me to sing. Suggestion? Uh, told me to sing Backstreet Boys. Uh, I want it that way. So oh, that was no. that was the genius of of uh, MLS soccer Twitter community. Do you got any skills in that area, Seth? No, I ended up doing Sweet Caroline because everyone just yells. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's probably better for all of us. Sorry, I'm just focusing on this mixed discord tweet, trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to figure out, and I don't know where he was going with it. Um, like, but, is he uh, is he defending? Is he defending Frank? Who is he defending? Is he defending <laughs> Frank? Is he defending Frank Lampard? Is he defending MLS? Is he defending the people criticizing them? I'm not sure. It, like, who's who's got enough loose balls? Or he's, I mean, MLS. He would have. I think he would have been in MLS by now, if he had loose balls. Is that what you're know, if, if, the, yeah. if the price was right, he would have been in MLS by now. So it's sort of like he's asking, hey, who's got enough balls to do this? Who's got enough balls to to criticize MLS, even though you haven't seen the contract? But it could be the other way. I don't know. But here's the problem, and it goes back to the CBA and stuff like that. I wrote an article about this a long time ago. Um, what's what's yeah? What's the value of an MLS player? It's so hard to come up with the value of an MLS player. Like I don't, I, I guess most people would assume that Mixed Discrew is a DP, but why isn't Benny Falhaber a DP? Because he came back at the wrong yeah. time. That's basically the answer. But like it doesn't. The rhyme or reason about what's valuable in MLS is crazy. It's all relative. Well, it's, you know, if you, and that's, I don't know. If you look at it from the perspective of what's happening now is if you have, what what was my saying? I don't know, Breck Shea's not a DP, so thank God for that, but Marisa Du is. I think Breck Shea's being paid down. Oh, I think he is too. I don't think he's coming back. If he's being paid down, he would still have the... If he was being paid down, he'd still have the DP status, right? I mean, that was the whole thing. No, because... um. Twelman didn't, and nor did Joseph. We didn't have DPs. We didn't have DPs then. Joseph was a DP. He took a pay cut to become a DP. And the the rest of that players made less money than they made the year before, I believe. They did pay down his salary the year before with allocation money, so they wouldn't give him the DP tag. Then they did give him the DP tag, so they didn't have to pay him down. Something like that. That's what but yeah, I agree with you. Is like what what makes mixed discrew a DP and such a question not, or Benny Failhaber, or, or Liam Widgewell versus Liam Widgewell's a DP versus Michael Parkhurst or uh, uh, whoever AJ Source AJ Source. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it comes down to. It's a lack of transparency, and that's, you know, sort of the go-to phrase about MLS is lack of transparency. Spell this out for me. Why Why do you believe that, you know, uh, Olaf Melberg was not worth a DP contract, but I don't know. Totally not really a lot of I don't get it. DPs. I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, maybe they, he was just asking too much money for that. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's timing. Yeah. It's all about timing. No, I think it is too. Mixed Discrew is a hot upcoming prospect who could possibly be, you know, 
a central figure for by 2018, and Benny Philhaber is not, and Sasha Question is not, and Breck Shea may or may not be. So I don't know. Where do you think it's, Sasha Question ends up? Is he going to stay I in Europe? He's going to stay at Anderlecht. I mean, they they said he's available. Well, I think it's he would have been. It comes um, down to the idea of. Sorry, it comes down to the idea of what uh, what you said before is how how do they value him? What are they, what's the value for Sasha Question in MLS? I I would imagine he'd like to come back to MLS, but I would assume he's a California guy. He wants to go to LA, or maybe he wants to go to LA too, if that exists. Maybe he waits till 2017 and he joins LA too as their first DP. But by that point, I'm trying to think of how old he'll be. He might, you know, he's he's for whatever reason. This is another one of those players who. Is and I apologize for whoever tweeted this out. I, I don't remember who it was, who tweeted out the list of American players. It was Jurgen tweeted out the list of American players that yep. were playing champion football, and the only player on there was Sasha Question, who is not featured for the U.S. Men's National Team yep. in a regular basis, pretty much at all. So right. you've got all this talk hey, about how important Champions League is, and it's the highest. Apparently, it's not. so. Still, does the still fact that he's playing the player. Still yeah, does it come? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think Sasha Question would be a more valuable player than Nick Diskaru, to be perfectly honest with you. I can't believe you almost didn't uh, give Jurgen Klinsmann credit for that subtweet. He's gonna be really upset. <laughs> <laughs> he wants credit. He deserves. He subtweeted so hard. He deserves credit. <laughs> you know, he's about to uh, retweet that tweet as a subtweet to me for forgetting <laughs> that he tweeted it. I think uh, you think questions more valuable. You think questions more valuable than than uh, mixed discord? As as a player, yes. As a sellable commodity, no. So, so I think far... that I think those two are so. I think those two are so, that it comes down to age and it comes down to who's going to be on the national team. So I think that's why you could eventually see Mix getting a DP contract and Sasha probably never will. So let's just get this straight. Your team right now, we're forming a team, and your first two picks are uh, AJ Soros, AJ Question, <laughs> and I go, I go Omar, and I go uh, Mystic Screwed. We're gonna go two on two against each other. <laughs> we'll play some street ball. We'll put the pug goals. I also up. take Tally Hall over Donovan Ricketts, even injured Tally Hall. Uh, even injured. Like uh, I'm thinking, um, uh, who's the goalkeeper from Sporting KC? White Puma. Remember, remember him? Like I'm just, I was imagining, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Nielsen. Jimmy Nielsen just walked. Remember that? The, the, that was a great MLS Cup final. He could barely even move. He was like just reading <laughs> off. He pulls like, out, out the paper from his sock. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Ooh. All right, all right here, we got one here. This is from uh, at, and I apologize, M 24 Do you guys see the Galaxy paying down Omar Gonzalez to open up a DP spot? Well, the CBA is going to open up nine more. Oh, yeah, I think. At least, well, what did Twelman say? Twelman said there won't be three. Scoop Twelman. What if it, what if there's two, and everyone has to fire one of their DPs? I can't imagine that. No, yeah, I don't. But wouldn't that be kind of fun Ra to see? Raise the salary cap and uh, keep the same number of DPs. Uh, I would prefer. I I would prefer getting rid of the DP tag altogether and just raising the salary cap drastically. Oh, like by a few million. Call the guy. I. I I, I, I apologize. It may have been you, Hank, that I was talking back and forth with on Twitter about this. It may have been Seth. I may be someone who I don't even remember. It's probably I think that the D. It may have been Jurgen. I 
me and me and Yoga, me and JK. I think that the DP tag is such a Winalda. negative thing right now. It's a, it may have been Winaldo, yeah, my buddy, my buddy Eric. But uh, I think that the tag. You, there's a different view between calling someone in any other sport a max contract player than it is when you call someone in MLS a DP. There's yeah. a much bigger, and I think a lot of that has to do with just how much more they're getting paid, but why not call that person, you know, this is our max contract player. This is, this is the top paid player on this team as compared to saying he's a designated player and putting that extra onus on him. Because someone like Jerry Benson was not really a DP, even though he was a DP. And there's other players like that who become a DP due to transfer fee or become a DP due to, well, generally it is a transfer fee. So why not drop that tag, up the salary cap, and let the teams, you know, you have to, you have to fill a roster with whatever, 23, and the minimum salary is, what is it now, 45, 32, 26, 12 bucks an hour. But um, <laughs> to fill your roster, Roster, you want to fill a competitive roster? Sure, you can pay 11 guys really high, but what about the next six after that? And to go That's, along with what you were saying is that there's a difference between the Beckham DP and the, like, the Mario Diaz DP. You know, like, uh, yeah. Mix Disco is not a Beckham DP, but he, has a, he could be a Mario Diaz DP. Mario. You know, like, or, or Bonio Garcia DP, a guy that just maybe, maybe sells some jerseys, but more than anything gets results. Yeah, it gets results. I think that's, that's the direction we're heading. The, and I think that's what you were. What you can get value out of these players, right? I mean, the DP, the DP has a certain status to it as well, right? So I mean, that's the that's what it comes down to is that the DP's got a status symbol attached to it. So when you assign a DP, whereas the Revolution, their 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 first attempts at DPs were about players that they thought could add value, but were of such a high cost that they used the DP tag to buy them down and get outside the salary cap structure. And it turns out that most of those players, you know, most of those players were busts. You got Benson, you got um, Caraglio. Uh, was Pepe Moreno DP? No, he was not. No, he was not. All right, but Shawry uh, was a guy who was getting towards the end of his career. They wanted to keep him here, uh, and so they made him a DP. That was yeah, basically. That was basically, and he was the lead. He was the high goal scorer, best team, best player on the team the year before. I mean, it was. Smart, smart to keep him here, um, especially in a transition year with a new, uh, new coach coming in and new presidency and new ownership. Well, not new ownership, but new, new front office. Uh, that was a smart move because if you get rid of Shari Joseph, that right then and there, after all those changes, you have basically all your fandom walking out the door, right? You know, Shari was the contingency. Well, we were even ready to burn that place to the ground when they traded him mid-year. Pretty much. Then he comes back and he has like two goals against you in his first game back. Yep. Uh, that was awesome. Pure Shawry Joseph. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's another guy that you know could have gone overseas and, and ended up getting stuck around by that whole bona fide offer thing and, you know, whatever. Um, or just not getting the price tag wasn't good enough. Anyone think that Shawry ends up in uh, NASL next year? Cosmos. They just signed Adam Moffat. Young, it's young not that. Well, so they got Adam Moffat. They won't get Shawry now. Yeah. Damn it. They'll play for the Brooklyn Italians instead. <laughs> still a team, I think. Still I think a so. team. Yeah, they're they playing the, uh... play in NPSL. They got a sweet logo, too. Nice. 
I like the Brooklyn Italians. Um, the uh, it looks like Espinosa's coming back. Just saw a tweet come back out of Rob Heineman saying um, that uh, hopefully this will brighten your day. It's a picture of a, a Sporting KC jersey with Espinosa's name on the back of it. So a little uh, you gotta love it when the uh, when the front office guys tweet out. I'm a little confused bit. as to how he's going to get back to Sporting Kansas City. Because they sold Kansas City. Sell him? I think they held on to his rights. I thought they sold him. I don't think so. I don't think so. I have to look back. You guys might be right. I maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm fixing him tomorrow. Let's ask the interns if they can tell us how Espinosa sold. Was Espinosa sold? (laughs) Or did he he leave on a bona fide? I think he left it on a free. It was offered a bona fide. Um, Maybe. He's a suitor. Um, Classic lines. I love it. He's bona fide. I think uh, Espinosa coming back is the sign that uh, EPL is just losing losing its kind of sheen. It's turning into like another top league of the top four, top five teams. And that's it. I'm sorry. Um, You realize she's in the championship, right? (coughs) Who? Espinosa. Wigan? Yeah, Wigan. Oh, Wigan got sent down? Yeah. Oh, let's see. That would do it. Also, he did get a bona fide. <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't he had, yeah, he had a bona fide. I don't, even yeah, know who's the, I don't even know who's in the EPL anymore. Because there's five teams. There's five teams in the EPL, right? Yeah. There's Chelsea, there's Man City, there's Man United, there's Liverpool, and there's Arsenal. Sometimes there's Tottenham. Tottenham, there's I guess, is doing all right. Uh, Swansea's still up? Okay, that's good. Everton. Southampton, I heard, is doing well. Everton is up there. Newcastle's still up there. Um, how many is that? Nine? Um, that's about all I know, really. Right. So uh, we got another one from Anon, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering, who's asking about our, our buddy, even though we talked about him a little bit. I am kind of curious about this. Uh, so Freddie Adu, Freddie, Freddie, is he done at this point? I don't think he's done. I think he's going to come back and haunt us for the rest of our days. I mean, we put that kid up on a pedestal. He is... Uh, he is coming back to haunt us. He's going to end up playing, I think, in Orlando. No. Really? Yes. No. Yes. He, no, no MLS. He's not, he's not coming back to MLS for less than a DP contract, and I think after the disaster in Philadelphia, there's no that. chance to get a DP contract. You know, hey, if Peter, I, Peter Novak think? starting a team. Peter Novak starting a team, and he's looking for players. He's wants lawsuits. No. <laughs> he's starting a new. No, he's not starting a new team. He's starting a new lawsuit. No, I think uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I if I'm Freddie Adu, I just go and, and play in NASL, right? I don't it's, think it's so. Not, I, I, right? I think he's got. He's looking for I, big bucks. You know what? No, what? No, no, no. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. I go and I go to the lowest depth. I go play like pub, you know. I do the uh, Jay Demerit story. Oh, nice! Started from the bottom, now I'm here, and I just nice. like, you know, get gritty, you know. So get he he plays for Brooklyn Italians. Yeah, he plays for Brooklyn Italians. Scores a goal in in like for Cal against Cal FC, and then gets picked <laughs> up by you know Eric Walnalda and LAFC. You know, like yes, yes, it's the story. Like if I Why had not? reinvent myself from the very beginning, because. Like everything else, you're just kind of—it's either too above you or, or you think it's too—I don't know. It just, I think that's the best thing to do. He should have never left, ever, ever left, and I'm sure I'll butcher the name 
I believe he was at Rizaspor. Was that him, or am I mixing him and Josie? I know one of them was second division Greek football. He should have never left the second division of Greece. That's really? The best professional, best professional football, soccer, whatever you want to put it, of his career was when he was in the second division of Greece. He was so he good. He was a hero there. I believe he was, I believe he was, was that? I thought he was with Aris. Yeah, with um, T.Y. Johnson. Right? Right? Hold on. Interns. Wikipedia. <laughs> but he, uh, <clears throat> Jake's killing it tonight, by the way. Yeah, thank you, Jake, for hanging in there. Up to five viewers again, back up to five. We were up at uh, seven at one point. Wow. Uh, we had Ibun from uh, Live, Breathe, Football. Check this out for a minute. I'm not sure if he's yeah. still on. He, but, was, uh, he was at Aris, but the game I'm talking about, the season I'm talking about was right before he came back to Philadelphia when he got called up, called up for the Gold Cup in 2011. He was playing for Rizespor. Rizespor. 11 games, three assists. I'm sure a few, excuse me, three goals, I'm sorry. I'm sure a few assists. He was vital for that team. That team almost got promotion to, I think, what is Greek, the Superliga? I don't really know. I don't know. But that was the best I remember watching him play consistently. Let me rephrase that. The best consistent football I ever saw, or rather, let's be perfectly honest, the most consistent football I ever read, because you hmm. know who's watching the Greek second division, about Freddie Adu playing. Now, he had spurts of really good play for the Union. He had, you know, two really good games in the Gold Cup, and he was great during the uh, with the U23s during Olympic qualifying. But, you know, when you're – he's just – I don't think he's – and I hate being that guy. I don't think he's done, and he is. Let's look at his age. He's, wow, he's 25. He's actually – he's finally now at this point older than I thought he was. <laughs> he's not trying to – He's not 23 every, every time I talk about about Freddie Adu and I look at his age, I'm like, oh, well, he's he's younger than I thought he was. So now I'm looking at him and I'm saying, you, you know, 25, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's older than I thought he was. I didn't think that moment would ever come. I think he uh, goes to uh, Steinbeck with Bob Bradley. I, I would love that. I don't think it would happen, but I would love Toronto. that. Toronto. He's going to end up at Toronto FC, guaranteed. Yeah, after Defoe goes over to uh, Leicester City. Yep. Why not? Or QPR. Why not? Or whoever else. Ugh. It's going to be over there. One of them. One of them. Well, I, w I did want to, uh, if, if Aboon is still watching from Live, Breathe, Football, Aboon, you need to make us T-shirts for this Ooh. show. I think uh, I think that would be nice. It would be a great gesture, and, and then we, we'll wear them on the show for you. And uh, we'll get all of our five viewers will say, <gasps> what a fabulous T-shirt, and they'll all go buy them. That's how it works, Aboon. Free marketing, free advertising. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it sounds like we're getting to the end of the show. Is that about uh, it? Yeah, we've been going for like <laughs> two hours. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad run. Not a bad run. So, uh, you know, it's a good 90-minute workout. Um, thank Abram for uh, stepping up and doing two shows today. Check out Abram's uh, – you got the link? Do you want to tweet that out? Um, yeah, and I'll tweet it out from the first eleven or from. Yeah, when first we eleven was actually went live today. That's the first. Oh my god, that was yeah. I don't know how disastrous it'll sound with no editing, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. You guys can see how the sausage is made, and it is not pretty. There you go. All right, I, so I watched. I watched. I watched parts of it. It was, it was delightful. Nice. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Seth, what are you uh, gonna do at the gym? What? Yeah. I know, right? What exactly. Are you do at the gym? 
I, well, I have new podcasts now. I have like 50 podcasts now. Oh, yeah, I always really? try to find. What do you? You gotta tell me when you get off of who you're listening to because I try to find new ones and I always give up after like 30 seconds. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going back and listening to Serial just because that's the trendy, trendy thing to do, right? Um, so hey, I want to thank uh, thank Alexi Laos for watching. Thank you. Come back. We'll uh, we'll try and keep it interesting. Try to keep it fresh. You know, just uh, all that good stuff. And and thanks everybody for chipping in on Twitter, Liz. We see you out there, Chris Reed, um, Anon. Um, you had Chris Ballard and Brian Bentley, uh, a couple of old characters from Twitter. We like Jake, obviously. Thanks for helping out. Um, Jake, you're the man, pal. Uh, we will kill it here, right? And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Stop the broadcast. <laughs>